What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Monday, August 13th, 2018, and you guys are listening to episode 367. I uh, hope you guys are doing well. I hope you guys enjoyed episode 366 with uh, Dean Del Rey. Uh, The feedback on that podcast was amazing, and I'm going to be honest with you guys. When we were... um, when we were doing that podcast, about 20 minutes in, I looked over at Dean and I was like, man, I think this is a special one right now. And afterwards, he was like, yeah, this is, this is great. Like, we, we, really, we really enjoyed, like, talking about that, like, the, the inspiration of what we do and talking about Dean's, um, you know, the accident that he got into and just how we both met Burr and, and just comedy today and all that stuff. It was just a really great one. So... Um, I, I'm, I'm glad that the people that did, uh, listen to that gave great feedback. If you didn't check it out, it was a great podcast and uh great guest to have on there. Hope everybody's doing good on this, uh, amazingly wet, rainy, cloudy day, which you guys know that I love. Um, I am not going to lie to you guys. I am exhausted. I am coming off an unbelievable weekend. Uh, one of the best and um, I guess you could say most productive and and gratifying weekends of my career. Um, I right off the top on this show, I just want to thank everybody who came out to Gotham Comedy Club this weekend to see me headline um, in my home city at one of the best rooms in America. Uh, Gotham Comedy Club is it was just amazing. It it really was amazing. I did Friday eight and ten, Saturday eight and ten. I was overwhelmed by the amount of people that came out. Um, so many people that said they were going to come and see me did. Um, Saturday night was packed out. There was, it was packed, um, especially the second show. But the first show was amazing. You know, the room was was awesome. So busy. And uh, Friday too. You know, Friday everybody was like, "Oh, second show Friday could be light. It's tough in August." And that show was was great as well. So I really want to thank everybody for coming out. It was. Um, Maybe one of the most fun times I've had headlining a room, uh, you know, I'll tell you, you know, it was crazy because just doing radio and Sirius XM and this podcast and that radio show and doing so many different things to um, to promote and, and get ready for the, you know, the uh, weekend. And then after the shows, I was shot. And then, of course, uh, after Saturday, uh, you think, oh, I have Sunday off, right? No, I had a 9.30 last night at Stand Up New York and a 1 o'clock in the morning at The Cellar. And both of those shows went amazing. And uh, I went into the deli today, my favorite deli where I always go pretty much almost every morning to get the paper and chill out. Uh, and they were like, man, you look drained. Uh, so I am definitely uh, going to enjoy this rainy day of of doing nothing. Um, but it means the world to me that you people that came out, you know who you are and, uh, yeah, you son of a bitches who didn't, you know who you are too. Um, but thank you guys. An amazing, amazing, uh, weekend. Got a great show for you guys today. Going to talk about, uh, going to talk about alcoholics on this one. We're going to talk a little sports on this one. We got my unacceptable. We're going to talk, um, you know, maybe a little food. We might even do a little food and beverage on this one. Okay, and I um, uh, got a movie review. I'm getting into these like dark, like B-rated, like horror movies on Netflix. I don't know why. Um, so there you go. Sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy the show wherever you may be. Thanks so much for listening to um, to TVE. This is episode 367, and um, I want to shout out some people that came out to the um, to the show that I know that have always been out there. I want to shout out my neighbor, um, Susan. I want to shout out um, Kevin Scora and his lovely girlfriend who come out. They keep supporting. I want to shout out Tony Monty and his wife. I want to sh- uh, his wife Lisa. I want to shout out um, my wife, everybody. My wife, but you know who you are. Um, you know, uh, my my wife's stepsister, Laura, her fiancé came out. Bunch of people from my neighborhood up here in Westchester. You guys know who you are. You know, I could sit here and just keep naming people, but I really appreciate uh, all the people that came out. But I got to bring my wife to work. And wouldn't you know it, she still ends up winning. Okay? It's like she finds a way to win. You know, she figures, oh, I'm going to be sitting in a green room or watching him work whatever, I'll have fun. I'll have some drinks. I mean, it is a comedy show, but we get to the green room 
and we're sitting on this nice leather couch in the green room. And the first thing I say is, oh, let, you know, there's a flat screen on the TV. Let's get the Yankee game. Let's get the Yankee game on the, on the Yes Network. And in between shows and when I'm preparing to go on stage, I could watch my New York Yankees. Let's do that. And guess what? They don't have the Yankee game. But you know what they do have? My wife's favorite movies ever, Harry Potter. So now my wife is just sitting on the couch in my green room watching Harry Potter. And I'm sitting there like, all right, she wins again. They always win, guys. Here, here's the best advice you'll get from Podcast uh, 367. Your wife will always win. You're always wrong. And accept it. Put a smile on your face for it. And there you go. That's it. That's the only way to do it. Don't fight the fight. You know, don't swim against the current because uh, it'll, ultimately, <laughs> it'll ultimately consume you. But no, it was actually great to have my wife there, to be honest. It really was, um, you know... You have a big weekend like that. You're in your home city, big club, and, uh, you know, the owners of this amazing club basically give you the keys to the car. Say, go ahead. You know, you're in our living room. Go have fun, and you want to obviously deliver. So with the pressure of just not, – not pressure, but, like, you want to do a good job for everybody, and knowing that my wife was kind of there, my wife will always be my voice of reason. And if I get off and I'm like, oh, I don't like how I did that joke or did I do that joke, she's always like there to be like, no, no, that was good, that was good. And if it wasn't good, she'd be like, yeah, you should have done it this way. My wife doesn't play around. Um, but it was really cool to have my wife, Stacy. And I think it was the first time she's ever went down both nights for both shows. Like she literally just hung out the whole weekend and it was a lot of fun. Of course, my brothers, uh, both of my brothers and my sister came out. So... Um, I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate that as well. It was a, it was, it was a great time. Um, before we get moving, let's definitely get to the amazing sponsors that I have um, on the show. The new sponsor, um, which is uh, Capper Network, guys, uh, and we are getting very, very close to NFL football. I did get some news that I did not like today, which was that the Giants' uh, Saquon Barkley has a, a little, little strain in his hamstring. I mean, he's a young kid. He'll be fine. I'm sure he'll be fine for the opener. Uh, we all saw that first run. I'll talk about that when I get to the sports thing. But anytime, you know, you're expecting this guy to change your season and all of a sudden you read Giants Barkley suffers, you're just like, oh no, what did he suffer? And then it just said minor hamstring strain, which I can live with, but it still gets uh, scary. But what is Capper Network, everybody? What does Capper Network let you do? Well, I'll tell you what Capper Network lets you do. Capper Network lets you have all of those dude, I called it, I told you so things basically documented to see if you're talking shit. You could call out your friends. You know, if you got those friends that always claim, I had this team tonight, I told you this was going to happen after the fact. Now, Capper Network is here to verify those moments and have proof that your friends are either bullshitting or or telling the truth. Capper Network is a uh, is for sports fans of all levels, and it is 100% free. You go to the website, okay, whether you're new or experienced at sports betting or fantasy playing, anything like that, uh, you submit your predictions uh, on sports bets uh, and daily fantasy plays, and you conquer the leaderboard. So basically how it works is you go on there, you choose the sport, you choose whatever game's going on, and you risk a certain amount of units, you know, so you can look at it as points. And when you're right, you go up on the leaderboard. And there are people that are up on the leaderboard that are killing it and making money, and you could actually pay for them. to. So, so in other words, you could pay to see what they pick, and when you go to Vegas or you go somewhere, you want to make a bet, you could look at it. Or you go out there, you crush the leaderboard, and people pay you for your advice and, and your handicapping skills because you're better at it. You're at the top of the leaderboard. Okay? Um, so you could find the best uh, you know, handicapper, or you can be the best handicapper and earn money that way and, and get on top of the leaderboard. It's awesome. And you're also going to be able to... Um, get like capping teams. Like you could have like a fantasy team of the best cappers to make some money, your best handicappers. Um, so there you go. Why trust the sports picks of a single analyst when you can trust sports picks uh, that are backed by a team of cappers? So this allows you to do that. It's awesome. I go to Yankees and I just keep losing because for some reason every time I pick the fucking Yankee game that they're going to win, they lose. And every time I don't do it, they win. 
But you know, I'm I'm waiting in the cut here for the NFL because the NFL this is when you this is I'm I'm talking shit now and I'm gonna do a dude I called it. How about that? Uh, there you you know. How about that, guys? Why don't you uh, put a little little shit talking another thing? I'm gonna call the shit that I'm calling. I'll take it to that dude I called it level. But I'm saying that when the NFL uh, comes in, that's what I'm gonna do. Um, that's what I'm gonna make my. So I'm gonna make my little run on the leaderboard there. Start having people pay for the Verzi Effect advice. And I'm telling all of my friends about this for the football season and baseball season for that matter. But I know a lot of people are waiting for uh, week one of the NFL. And uh, this is just an awesome thing, you know. And the cool thing about Capper Network, which I loved, is that when I do put, like, I risk a certain amount of points or units on the Yankees and I watch the game, even though I don't have, like, money that I'm betting on the game, I feel like I do because I could potentially get money if I win. And it's cool to just see if you're going to be right and have those bragging rights as well. So uh, it's new. It's growing. It's amazing. It's um, They're going to have all kinds of – they're going to do contests. They're going to do all kinds of stuff on there. Um uh, cheat sheets and they're always adding to it okay guys they're they're i talk to these guys they're awesome um pick it prove it profit on cappernetwork.com go visit it today sign up for free what are you waiting for if you listen to this show you like sports okay you like talking shit you like making predictions why wouldn't you anybody at any level right now can just go to capper network okay sign up for free and just start picking and see where you turn see where you land you're probably going to end up doing better than me the way I've been. Uh, and the Red Sox don't stop fucking uh, winning. But that's a story for another day. So check out CapperNetwork.com. Also, guys, All Things Comedy. Go to AllThingsComedy.com for your favorite comedy podcasts like The Verzi Effect, like many, many others. Uh, also, their albums and their content, their cooking shows, their travel shows. Okay, they're, they're doing all kinds of new shows now. So um, check out all of their content. Follow them uh, at AllThingsComedy.com and follow them on Twitter at all things comedy, guys. Okay, let's get into this here. Um, let's get into this. I was going to do an unacceptable about this, but I didn't know if I should. But now I'm going to kind of because I'm talking about it. I have two unacceptables on the show today. All right, and then we're going to move forward with other stuff. My first one is this. I just bought condoms, okay? And uh, that's not the unacceptable. Nothing happened unacceptable. Although I will tell you this. It's weird. It's weird. And I didn't expect to buy condoms. I went to Bed Bath & Beyond, right, uh, which is already hilarious. Picture me just walking around Bed Bath & Beyond. And I, I get this uh, – you know, I went to go get a razor. I went to – and my wife – I said to my wife, I was like, look, I'm at Bed Bath & Beyond. Do you want me to get anything? She's like, yeah, why don't you pick up this laundry bin? We use a new laundry bin for the bedroom. Fine. So I'm, I'm walking around. And while I'm looking for razors, I come across this wall of condoms. And I'm just reading – <laughs> I'm just reading the wall. And the weird thing was this like young girl who worked there just walked up to me and was like, oh, sir, that thing you were looking for? And I'm just staring at this wall of condoms. And I literally just started looking up, hoping that like there was something higher on the shelf that wasn't condoms. And all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, this is 100% real. And all of a sudden, I look up and I'm like, oh, yeah, there's another product. Now she doesn't think I'm a weird, like, you know, getting condoms. And then the only thing that I was staring at were pregnancy tests. So it looked like I was looking at what could have prevented <laughs> having a baby. I swear to God, it was like in unison. It was like the most perfect thing. I'm going, oh, no, 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 I'm not looking at condoms. Look at my eyes. Uh, you know, worker lady, look at my eyes. I'm not looking at condoms. I'm looking up here. And then it was pregnancy tests. So she must have been like, oh, this guy is either pissed he didn't get condoms or he's the condom broke and he's looking at what company to sue or he's got to get a pregnancy test. It was really funny. But I got to tell you, as much as you get older and you think, oh, whatever, dude, people get tampons and they buy condoms and it's not weird. It's still weird. It's still weird. And there was a guy at the register, which made me feel a little more comfortable because if it was a woman, what do you do? Like, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just want to be I don't even want to have any awkwardness. Not that it would be. But the guy goes, hey, you want me to throw this in the in – the, he just goes, oh, you want me to throw these in the laundry bin? Like whatever. And I was just kind of like, yeah. Like, you know, I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know I didn't know what to do. It, it's weird. Buying condoms is definitely a weird thing. Um, and it's weird because the, now there's all different types, which I didn't know. One said like extra lubricated and I was kind of like, dude, I don't – that's like a – I don't want to do that. Like I don't – like, you know what I mean? Cause then I'm buying it, and then like you know they're gonna easily they're gonna clearly see the ad on the box that says extra lubricated, 
So then they're going to be like, oh, one of these people have a problem. You know, I don't want them to think I need a little extra fucking push. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want them to think they're like, oh, this guy doesn't have the, you know, or whatever. I don't want them to think anything. So I'm like, all right, I'm definitely not getting extra lubricated because that means there's something wrong with one of us or whatever. So I'm not trying to do that. Uh, then one was like called Cocktail Club. And they were like, oh, there's like infused flavors. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. All right, I don't want my dick to, you know, fucking taste like a shrimp cocktail. Like, can we get, you know, I, or whatever, like or tequila, whatever. You know what I mean? I don't want that either. So now I'm sitting there and I'm just like, what do I do here? Like, and then they had like original, then they had like one. So then they had the one that said, <laughs> the one that said ultra thin, feel everything. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to get that shit. You know, obviously I'm going to get that because, you know, whatever, I'm married. And we, you know, it's not like condoms is not something that, but it's just like, it's good to have every once in a while, like just in case, you know, because I remember I had like a box of them that I got at some like, some little like gift giveaway. And, uh, and it's like, I guess it's not bad to just have in case you need, not that it's something that we use or whatever, but I, I was like, whatever, I'll, I'll just get them. And, uh, so it was a little awkward, but the unacceptable part was, you know, when you go out to the car and people don't put the carts in the cart, like. You know, there's that metal little area section where you put the carts and you line them up and then the guy, you know, or then the guy goes around the parking lot and brings them in there. I always say, I had the thing on this show where I was like, I don't mind if you don't put it in the thing. As long as you put it off to the side that it's not in front of a car or by a car or a car can hit it, then you're giving the guy actually something to do. You know, because the guy probably doesn't want it. Sometimes the guy probably likes a break from being inside the place and just walks around the parking lot, you know, smokes a cigarette, whatever the fuck he does. So I don't mind that, but this person put it behind my car, like so my car would have just ran it over. I had to move it. That was the that was the unacceptable that I was gonna do. And another unacceptable is this, without calling anybody out, and this is a tricky one for me, but I have to do this. I don't know what it is or why when family or friends come out to see you perform, and that's what you deal with, guys, when you are doing a show in your hometown. It's more stressful, not because you want to prove to people that you're funny or I mean these people have known I've been doing you know stand up for a while I've been a comedian for a while. a lot of these people have seen me you know on t v came to my special like it's not about that it's about making sure that they're comped and taking care of friends and taking care of family. I know what they mean when they go to the Super Bowl and they're like, yeah, we just got to get the families in the room situated for everybody that wants to be there. That's a stressful thing. It is. In stand-up comedy, it is because you're home. Everybody's excited you're home. They want to see you. I didn't have to schlep on some airplane or go to some airport. I'm able to sleep in my bed, go down to the city, and, and, and the people almost travel to you this time as opposed to the other thing. And and, and that's the thing. You want, you want it to go smoothly all the way around. But for some reason, guys, when that happens, there is always a family member, which has happened to me, a friend which has happened to me, or a friend of a family member, which has happened to me, that they just don't know how to fucking drink, they can't shut the fuck up, and they're completely rude during an important part of your life or career. I've had it happen. I've had, you know, I've had people bring dates to my shows, and the date can't control it. And obviously, I'm not going to mention any names here or alienate anybody that I love, but there was another situation. Luckily, it was not an issue with the club and... But there were just a few tables who were getting a little pissed off and distracted because certain part during my show, somebody that I love brought somebody there who obviously couldn't handle their fucking alcohol and was just talking, talking, talking. Now, it didn't affect me. I didn't even hear it. But after the show, I heard, yeah, man, that that so-and-so person was just like not talking and it was bumming me out. And it's just like, really? Really, dude? Like, you're going to fucking come to my show in my fucking backyard, Okay you know, a club that I've been really looking forward to doing, something that means a lot to me. And you're going to come with somebody that I love, okay, and 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 act a fool like that because you can't. It's absolutely unacceptable. And again, I have to be very careful with who I'm talking about here because I'm really not mad at my family member here. You know, yeah, sure, they could have said certain things, but like, you know, when somebody's drinking and like a little different, it, it puts them in a bad spot too. So this is more directed at that person. But it's like, what are you doing? Can you fucking wake up? 
you fucking dummy. Can you wake up and hold it together for an hour and a half show? Can you just, can you, can you fucking do that? Or are you just a fucking alcoholic? Honestly, are you just somebody that you just can't hold it together and you need help? And I got to tell you something, man, I'm getting really fucking tired of like people using this whole addict thing as a, as a fucking excuse or, oh, they can't help it. It's like, you know what? Get your shit together. Then, then don't go out, you know, because whether you're an addict or an alcoholic or you have a problem, you fucking know when and where you should be in public when you drink. You should know that by now. Okay, you're a fucking grown-up. I'm so tired of these people like, poor me, I'm sorry. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to. And then, you know the way they try to make you the victim? They try to make you the victim like, oh, sorry, Paul. Didn't mean to go ruin your show. Like they do shit like that. And not that that happened in this case, but that's what these people do. Like all of a sudden they're the victim and you're this like horrible person for calling them out. It's like, no, how about you should get called out on your dumb shit? Okay. Now, granted, this individual didn't ruin the show, didn't ruin any show by any stretch of the imagination, but people recognize that somebody that I love brought somebody to the showroom that was just fucking shouldn't have been in there. And, and it's, 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 it's makes me like think to myself, like, what are you doing? Just wake the fuck up. Seriously, wake the fuck up, man. And get over it. It's such a selfish fucking thing to do too, you know? And, uh, you know, I don't know. Listen, I was young and dumb, but listen, I drank from 16 years old and I was an animal till I was probably about 24 and I changed my life and I was never an alcoholic, but I partied like an animal. I did a lot of stupid things. I did a lot of things that I regret. I did a lot of things that I wish I could take back. You know, I think we all do when we get drunk or blackout drunk, you do something and you realize, wow, man, I could have, that could have been worse or I shouldn't have done that and stuff. And I get that, but I would never, I, I never would go to a show or like do something like that, especially if somebody invited me to the per, like to their family's show. So I find that really unacceptable. So there you go. You got two of them. The asshole who put the cart behind my fucking car and this person who comes to my show and, and can't fucking handle their alcohol. And I'm going to get more into the alcoholic shit after and the food stuff. I just wanted to touch on that, but that's my unacceptable. Um, here we go. This is a, uh, what is this here? This is a, um, this is an unacceptable from Zach. Okay. Zach, the, the name of this is uh, sharing our bonus with the world. Uh, Hey Paul, love your stuff because, uh, became a fan of you after hearing you on Bill Burr's podcast. My unacceptable for this week is the local news. I work for a major auto manufacturer in Louisville, Kentucky. Every year we get a bonus. The amount of this bonus depends on how well the company is doing each and every year we get this bonus and the news, uh, is all over it. They print uh, the broadcast, they print and broadcast the amounts that we receive. That's weird. This results in family members asking for money, people telling us that we don't deserve it, etc. Last year, a coworker was robbed at gunpoint uh, in the parking lot as a result of this. This is unacceptable. I can't think of any other blue collar career where this info is provided. Thanks, Paul, and keep up the hard work. Please. Check out the link below for an example. And then he sends an example through this link. And um, wow, man. I honestly, this is, first of all, Zach, thank you so much for this. Thank you for the support, brother. I appreciate it. Um, obviously, I'm not going to read this, but it's basically showing that this gigantic auto, you know, auto manufacturing monster, I mean, let's just put it that way, it's one of the biggest ever. Um, their workers in Louisville get profit sharing check and it shows the amounts of money and it is absolutely unacceptable. This is one of the best unacceptables we've had on the show because this truly can put people in danger. This can fucking hurt you and your family. What are they thinking? The fucking local news has nerve, dude. Like they're showing like, that's like life changing money for somebody. Okay. If you get a bonus, even if you, if you get a bonus of like $1,000, that like helps out, right? You know, if you get a bonus of, but some of these people are getting a lot of money at this place and people have access to seeing that it is 100% unacceptable. It's beyond unacceptable. It's dangerous. It's irresponsible. And it just goes to show that this fucking local news out there has got nothing better to talk about. You know, I'd rather you talk about a fucking, you know, 
a woman getting hit by a car or something, even though it's bad news. You don't put people's financial business in the public eye like that. 100% right, Zach. Absolutely unacceptable. Thank you for I can't even believe that that's even legal, um, that they would do something like that. But uh, thank you for the uh, submission. That was awesome. And uh, I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad you're aboard TVE, brother. By the way, you guys are listening to episode uh, 367 of the Verzi Effect. Next up, we have um, Jack. Um, let's see here. Um, Hi, Verzi. You uh, don't have to take up time for this on the podcast if you don't want to, but I really just want to say thanks. I know I've submitted to the show before and usually uh, seemed okay, but the fact is I've been in a big struggle for a long time that I finally appear to be reaching uh, the tail end of. Uh, I'm a young Asperger sufferer from the UK and over the past year and a half uh, have barely left the house because of anxiety and depression. Uh, episodes. In that time, I've listened to shit, a shit ton of podcasts from yourself, Burr, Rogan, Segura, Christina P, plus many others, and often getting to hear you guys ramble um, was one of the only positive parts of my day. I finally got uh, got in with a good therapist. That's excellent. You got to do that, man. Uh, a few months ago and got sorted with the right drugs like you advised in the podcast a little while back, so I am now starting to get my life back on track. That's awesome, man. I've been aspiring to try to get into comedy for a few years now, and this past week finally got up at a couple, uh, got up at a couple, at eight, I'm just trying to find my place, there we go, couple open mics, both sets were pretty awful, but I got a couple of chuckles, which is encouraging. Uh, it's people like you who I've always heard say that if you want to do this, just go for it, and I'm so glad to have taken that first step. I know I've got light years to go before I'm even riding uh, in the distance wake of uh, guys at your level, but I'm finally seriously committed to going after this dream. Um, big thanks to you, man. You don't know how much uh, you've done for me along the way, especially showcasing uh, some of my uh, artwork on the show a little while ago, which gave me a big boost. Thank you so much. Uh, and all the best to you and your family. Uh, you'll always be the Don of Trenton to me. Even though I'm not from Jersey, Jack, I will take that. First of all, brother, I am so glad. And I'm glad I read this on the show because I want people to I want people to know that if you're sitting down and you're suffering and you got, you know, whether it's uh, Asperger's or whether it's, you know, uh, autism or, wh or whether it's, you know, just whatever it is, whether even if you're socially awkward, if you're depressed, if you feel alone, if you feel like nobody, get, you know, um, that's amazing. Like, you know, get, you know, don't be afraid to get drugs. Don't be afraid to get, you know, don't be afraid to get on medication. That's going to help you. You know, the drug is there to help you. It's there to take the edge off. I always said if, if you had a, if you kept bleeding and bleeding and you just didn't put a bandaid on it or you didn't wrap it up, you're just going to keep bleeding. You could wipe it as many times as you want, but you need to stop the bleeding somehow. So don't be afraid of that. And talking to a therapist, it's all good and it's all positive, man. Life is short and make it as comfortable as you possibly can make it. Um, and if that means going on a medication and talking to somebody, so be it. That's awesome that you got on the, um, that's really awesome that you got on the mic and you rocked a couple of sets, man. And I'm sure it feels good. You know, I played that Les Brown shit, you know, you know, run towards a dream, whatever you want, just go towards it. And even if you just take baby steps, you know, when I first got into stand-up, I didn't think I was going to, you know, I was like, oh, let me do an open mic. Let me see what happens. And all of a sudden, slowly, I mean, yeah, it was always like this wild dream. Like, imagine I can do this. And now all of a sudden, you know, all these amazing things have happened because, you know, you keep going. So, uh, and you believe in yourself. So that's awesome, man. Congrats. And uh, I hope people uh, listen to that. Um, here we go. Um, Dr. Verzi, unacceptable. Uh, this is from Robert Thompson out there, Bobby T in Atlanta. All right, Paul. I'm reaching out to the TVE community for some help. I quit smoking cigarettes on May 1st. It's going extremely well and I feel better every day. Downside is I am eating everything in sight. <laughs> I am eating everything in sight like a complete animal. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to eat it. I haven't eaten ice cream in like five years yet. I went to the store and bought three quarts of it and ate all of it at once. In bed, Paul. What kind of an animal goes to bed and says, well... I better bring the ice cream. 
I'm hoping either you or one of your fantastic TVE family members has either been through this uh, or knows somebody who has and can tell me how to stop this. I fear if I quit eating, I'll go back to smoking. I don't know what to do here, Paul. I've probably put on 20 pounds in three months and don't see the beast in me stopping anytime soon. Help me. Lock me in a cage filled with nothing but lettuce and uh, toss away the key. Much love, Bobby T. Bobby, this is a great one, and I had a friend that did go through this. I remember my buddy Mike back in the day. He actually quit smoking, and one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen was he kept a box of a dozen donuts from Dunkin' Donuts in his passenger seat, and every time he wanted a cigarette... This fucking dude, this this fucking dude would grab a fucking chocolate glazed or whatever and just put it in his mouth. And yes, he gained weight. What he did was he eventually just like turned that into doing it with, I guess, just healthier stuff. So what I would say was, I think, so what are you, May, June? So you're May, June, July, or you're four months in. All of it's kind of new to you. You're not even a half a year in. So what I would do, this is the advice I would give. If anybody's been through this on the show, write in next week and Bobby will listen to it and we'll be able to help him that way. But my suggestion would be instead of the ice cream to bed, and this has worked for me, guys, because I lost a lot of weight and I've actually can look at videos of me doing stand-up now and pictures of me, even from the side. And be like, oh, my titties and stomach went down. Like, I'm not a, okay, my fucking neck and head look better now. I feel okay. I feel leaner and I lost weight. And what I do is when I get hungry, uh, I eat grapes. I'll eat a lot of grapes. I'll eat a lot of bananas. I'll eat like plums and peaches. So like what I did was, because the thing about fruit is it takes the edge off. And anybody who's going, well, no, it still has sugar. Yeah, but that's natural sugar, okay? You're not eating, like this, like whatever sugar is in a fruit, Somebody said this and it made a lot of sense. Louis J. Gomez, uh, comic, he goes, yeah, when's the last time you heard somebody getting fat off of apples? It doesn't happen, okay? So you want to take the edge off, eat a peach, a plum. By the way, plums, plums are underrated. Plums are fucking underrated, dude. You ever have a good fucking plum? A good plum is refreshing as shit. Um, But like, have like a peach, have like a, how Italian and weird did that. So you ever have a fucking plum? I got to tell you something. I got, yeah, the, the, the Sicilian side just came out. I got to tell you something. You ever have a ripe plum? I mean, it'll no. Um, but I'm serious. When you get that craving, like I'm eating grapes, either red or green, just handfuls of grapes, water. Okay. You'll get full and, and you'll feel better than like just throwing that. Cause I gotta be honest, dude, I had ice cream the other day after me and my kids went to this restaurant And as I was swallowing the ice cream, I just felt my body getting fatter. I just felt my tits and stomach going, all right, I guess we're going to come out for the afternoon. Like that's, that's not what you want to do. So I'd go fruit. I'd go stay away from sugar, uh, sugary drinks. And when you get the craving for, uh, hey, start smoking cigars, Bobby. But that's my advice anyway. I don't know about the cigar smoking, but I probably shouldn't have advised more tobacco, but at least you're not inhaling it. But no, I would go... I would go the route of when you feel like eating something because of your craving, I would go to fruit and other things like that, you know, or just stay away from carbs or like sugar. So like get, just get like a pound of, seriously, get like a pound of turkey and just rip up some turkey or whatever. That, that's what I did to, that's what I would do. But if anybody's been through the smoking thing, let them know. Um, okay, let's see here. This is from uh, Brian. Unacceptable for TVE, forgot girlfriend. Hello, Paul. My name is Brian. I'm a longtime fan of your comedy as well as listener of the TVE podcast. This is my first time writing in to the Unacceptables. Well, thank you so much, Brian, and welcome. Uh, about a week and a half ago, I met you after your set at Stand Up New York on a Wednesday. I remember. I remember. And you were with your girlfriend. Yes. Wednesday, July 25th. I'm a fan from Long Island who you gave a shout out to on the pod on the podcast episode um, 365 at the end of the episode. I attached a picture you took with me in this email to help uh, jog your memory. You told me to reach out to you on Facebook that night. Unfortunately, my girlfriend and I um, 
wound up getting back home so late from the city that it completely slipped my mind until I heard you mention it on TVE last week. I was about to message you when I figured I'd write you an unacceptable related to that night for the podcast instead. First, however, I'll start with an acceptable. Getting to shoot the shit with Verzi after one of his shows about comedy and his upcoming special and Verzi being a gentleman that he is. Well, thank you. Hanging around to indulge a fan and offering to take a picture after what I'm sure was a long night of comedy. Uh, now for the unacceptable. It was my pleasure, Brian. Unacceptable. In my selfishness and excitement of getting to chat with one of the funniest comedians out there, thank you, Com uh, completely, completely forgetting to ask you to take a picture with my girl, which she immediately called me out on the minute we left the club. Thankfully, she was cool about it, uh, and you also managed to help me uh, out of the doghouse by shouting her out as well on last week's podcast. Her name is Jess, by the way. Well, good for you, Jess, for not giving him too much shit. However, it was completely unacceptable of my selfish ass to completely forget uh, about her, especially when she was uh, one who took the picture for us. It was also unacceptable for me to forget to reach out to you on Facebook after you graciously offered to shout out my full name on the podcast. Uh, lock me in a cage with a recording of my girlfriend yelling at me for all the times I've been selfish and forgotten something important due to my carelessness and play it on a loop. Trust me, uh, it would be a long recording. Uh, thanks again for all the laughs, and hopefully we'll see you back in Long Island. P.S. We're going to try to make it out to one of your shows at Gotham at the end of the week, so hopefully we'll be able to chat with you after the show again for a bit. Well, Brian, I didn't see you at that. Uh, I didn't know if you came. Brian Hen. And his lovely girlfriend, Jess. Thank you so much. They came out. They drove out uh, from Long Island on a Wednesday. Oh, that's a nice picture. Nice. I look thin. It's, it's so good when like a picture, I look thinner. It's so nice when you when you look at yourself and you're like, oh, dude, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, you speak about selfish. I'm the one. You sent a picture and I'm supposed to be talking about you. And I'm like, nice. I look great. Look how thin I look. But um no, listen, it happens, man. It happens. My wife will say sometimes, like, what about me? Or you're not even thinking, and I know you didn't mean it that way, but uh, thanks so much for all the support, Brian. I hope you guys had a good time, and I hope you did come out to Gotham because I had a great time out there. And, um, yeah, come out next time I'm out in uh, Long Island. Thank you for the submission. Uh, a couple more here, guys. Uh-oh. This is from Adrian, and this says, Cop Killer Unacceptable. I don't know where this is going. Paul, I apologize for the length. No, it's not that bad. Uh, of this email, but I have an unacceptable that needs to be read to all Americans right now. Oh boy, here we go. I am a 40-year-old Hispanic American who has seen his share of racism in this country. I've experienced racism in our police force in the past, and I do not always agree with the police tactics, so I guess the easy way to say it is that I don't have a lot of trust in authority. However, the news has been focusing around the brutal force that is required by police, which leads to people being shot and killed. People are never shown the opposite view of this matter, which is the cops being killed by civilians. And I have a story that I just happened, uh, that just happened in my area that everybody should know about. A new DPS officer was shot and killed last week. May he rest in peace by a civilian who was driving recklessly on the highway, throwing items and swerving toward other cars. The DPS officer and his partner got into a struggle with the civilian while trying to arrest him, which led to the civilian grabbing the officer's gun and shooting him in the head, killing one officer and wounding the other. What I would like to point out is that the officer did not pull... Uh, his gun out to kill the civilian. Instead, he wrestled him down. Wow, dude, this is fucked up. Wrestled him down uh, and arrested him, which makes this officer uh, and the deceased officer true heroes. Yes, we lost a good cop, and it's a scary thing to uphold the law, but that is the unglorified job. And if this had been the civilian dying by police gunfire, would uh, we would have not heard the end of it. The media uses these real-life scenarios to promote their agenda and never shows the complete truth, which is utterly and completely unacceptable. 
Uh, Paul, I love your comedy. Thank you for the free podcast. I look forward to seeing you in Phoenix in October. I should uh, have done my first open mic. I should be by then and we'll have tons of questions for you, my friend. Take care, Adrian. Well, let me say this to you. First of all, you're absolutely right. May that police officer rest in peace who tried to do the peaceful thing and not take out his gun and actually just wrestle the guy down and calm him down and arrest him or uh, calm him down after he arrested him. That's the tack. That's the way he went about it. And, and he was killed for doing so. And uh, it's yeah, my heart goes out to him and his family, his friends. That's brutal. Um, and you just said something which obviously gets me excited and upset is the media. Um, the media in this country, I, I was on stage talking about this at Yonkers Comedy Club too, is like, they thrive on this shit, you know? Do you know that like, if they just did a story, like what if they did a story once, once a week about how a cop and somebody, the good things happen, or how about showing black and white people together and some good charity that they came together to do? How about showing something like that? How about showing different races of kids playing at a park and doing a positive thing? How about just sprinkling in, okay, on top of all of the horse shit that we have to hear and all of this one got shot and that one got shot and this one's protesting and this one doesn't want this one in the neighborhood and this one, instead of all that shit, which fine, if that needs to be said and that's something that needs to be done, okay, I get that and I understand that, okay? But how about sprinkling them in, in, in some good shit? And I agree with you. It is a, it's an absolute, is absolute promoting their agenda and it never shows the complete truth on, on, on either side or sometimes it's so one-sided, I should say, and it does suck and it is unacceptable. And I'm glad you brought this up because this is, this is definitely something that's happening right now. And, um, I think it's good to make it, people aware of it and I'm glad that you brought it to the attention and I agree with you. It is unacceptable and it's a shame that that cop, there won't be as nearly as much outrage of that cop, you know, as sometimes some other things. Um, and I'm not saying that all the cops do the right things, because I think there have been some cops that have definitely, you know, killed innocent people. Like, I've, I've seen that. I've seen some footage that, that'll make you sick. But I also know that things happen the other way, and they also should show that as well. And I think that this is a, a perfect example of that. So thank you so much uh, for that. Uh, here we go. A couple, couple more, and we're done. Um... I work at McDonald's. This is from Garrett. Hey, Paul, I know this is an unoriginal, unacceptable, as it's been mentioned in Burr's special. Okay, I don't know which one you're talking about, but let's go. But I'm I'm at a McDonald's in uh, Anaheim, California, and they have huge screens to place your uh, order yourself. I asked the worker if I could get rang up by a human, but he said no. Evidently, I work at McDonald's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, unacceptable for me to be eating McDonald's at midnight. Maybe after I eat, it'll have a, uh, I'll have a legendary shit story to tell, non-comparable to the great Kelly Myers, of course. Uh, yeah, sometimes a human works. You know, I I get frustrated when I just want to call my bank. You know, and thank you for the submission, Garrett. But you're right. I I mean, I just want to call my bank and be like, hey, can I talk about my money? Can we? How about that? Can I talk about my money? The money that I earn, the money that my wife and I earn, the money we earn for our family. Do I have to talk to a robot or somebody because that, that robot is not, you know, here right now and they don't know what's going on. So I have to talk to somebody that does not know I want to talk to a human being and uh, let's give those people some jobs. How about that, everybody? How about, how about stopping the fucking, you know, if you are, you know, calling for this department, hit three, then you hit three. If you... What part, what kind of thing do you have in this department? Do you, for tires, call this. For this, call that. For And I'm just like, dude, I, can I ask one question to somebody? Another great one. You guys are hitting on, you guys are hitting on all cylinders today. Last one from Robert. Oh, here we go. It's another one. Unacceptable. James Gunn fired for tweets he sent 10 years ago. Unfucking real and unfucking acceptable. This soft ass country needs to pop a blue pill and stiffen up. You know what? I found out about this yesterday. I've been so busy and everything, and I found out. I believe this is the guy from as a Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that. The writer, director, and then, um, yeah. I mean, I think each individual case. And thank you guys so much for the uh, unacceptable submissions. That's it for the week. Uh, if you would like to send me something, um, I would love to read it. It's unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. Please send those to me, and I will love nothing more 
than to uh, shout you out, read out your name. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys contributing to my show. And as you can see, it's always either super funny stuff or, or stuff that needs to be talked about and said. And I think that that was the case for today's Unacceptables. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I've always been, I will say this though, okay? And I'm not saying, I'm not defending this guy because I have friends that, you know, have deleted tweets and be like, oh, maybe I should have said that. I've never once gone and done some like off-color, like racist tweet. Even if I thought of something funny that was no malicious, I just would be like, you know what? And maybe that's why I don't have so many Twitter followers because I'm more focused on promoting my shows a couple of funny things here and there, like, oh, this and that, or I'll take a picture or something. But I'm just not one to talk about race, gender, you know, crime stuff, pedophile stuff. I just never would, A, I don't really care for that stuff, but like, I, I don't know. Now, but what you're saying is making jokes and doing something 10 years ago, that person should not be punished for, for that unless unless there was like, look, if you looked and there was like a clear issue where somebody's like, dude, this guy is a hateful, malicious racist, that's one thing. I didn't read the tweets. I don't know, but from what I heard, that was not the case. Uh, I don't want to speak on something I really don't know about. But going back 10 years to somebody's thing and making them lose everything um, is a is a really tough thing to do. And and yeah, I mean, we're, we're at a place now where I think eventually, guys, it's going to change and go back to... You know, we're just in a weird time right now. We're in a weird time right now where everything is coming to the forefront. And um, and I think it'll eventually, you know, change and kind of go back to, you know. Um, listen, bad negative stuff should come to the forefront. But when it's so much and it's nitpicky and it's every little thing and, and people are losing their jobs over things that aren't like, you know, that, that big of a deal or like, you know, you also have to be smart enough to know, is this a joke or not? Like, is this a malicious, horrible thing, or is this just a joke that's just a, maybe a bad joke? Or maybe the person doesn't know how to write it. Either way, it's fucked up, and uh, things are, are a little weird. Uh, thank you again for the submission, all you guys. That segment crushed this week, and uh, I thought it was awesome. I really enjoyed reading those. Now, we'll get into a movie. We'll get into some sports. But first, I just I really do want to talk about this addiction thing, okay? I do want to talk about it. Now, some of you people know... I lost my brother-in-law uh, uh, at a very young age of 30, rest his soul, uh, Kevin Longto. May you rest in peace. We love you. We think about you all the time. Um, to uh, addiction or, or, to, or to, you know, drugs. And I know it's a real thing. And I know that uh, especially with heroin going on right now, uh, especially in this country, people are dying. It's an epidemic. I know it's horrible. And I do not want to say or take any anything disrespectful here, and I don't want to make light of people that cannot, you know, people that are addicts and people that are dying. That being said, okay, and I've always been for, listen, people have problems and they need help, but there needs to be some sort of, like, I, I just have a hard time always defending people that don't want to get help. And maybe I'm a little fucked up, but I always thought when I was in my bad shape. And I've been in bad shape. And I know some of you guys know that. Um, you know, 2016, really the, the dark year of my life. And um, there were times even before that where I had a, you know, where I was just abusing my body and partying and substances so much that I had breakdowns where I just couldn't do it anymore. And I, when I had those breakdowns, I wanted help and I wanted to get better and I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, I, I just feel like there are certain people that use it as an excuse and don't want to get better. And I, I don't really have too much sympathy for the people that like don't strive to get better. Instead, they do this poor me. Poor me. Well, you don't know. You don't know. And it's like, well, no, I do fucking know. And I know what it takes to fix it. And what it takes to fix it is you wanting to not be this. So instead of you saying, oh, you know, poor me, I, you know, is this and that. It's like, no, be like, listen, I don't want it to be poor me anymore. And maybe some people are going to go, Paul, you know what? That's easier said than done. Not everybody's like you. But you know what? I think some of these people fucking make excuses. And I think it's easier to fucking do it sometimes. Not in all cases, but in some cases. And I got to be honest, watching people just drunk out in public, you know, um, maybe it's because I went through that phase really young, but seeing these people that like just are like grown responsible adults 
just not be able to handle their alcohol in public and they yell stuff out and they just, it's really fucking annoying. And then it's almost more annoying when you just hear, well, no, no, he can't, he's got, he can't control himself. It's like, then don't fucking take him out if he can't control himself. Put him in a fucking cage or leave him at home. Lock him in his fucking room because he obviously has got no business being out here. And, and that, that, that's the thing that bothers me. It's like, wh where's the line? Between like this person either wants to get help and wants to get better or no. Maybe this person is just a drunk asshole. Can it ever be that? Can there ever just be a drunk asshole or somebody who's selfish and doesn't want to work and doesn't want to get better and just wants to keep drinking because they don't give a shit? Like those people suck is my point. Okay? So yes, people with problems, people that can't help it. But then some fucking like excuse-making, self-sabotaging assholes who don't want to fucking fix the problem. And you're the one that has to deal with it. You ever go to a bar and you just have a couple of drinks and you, that one friend is there who like you don't know what they're going to say and they're just fucking red in the face and they're like not mentally present even though they're looking at you and they're just thinking about what they're going to say next? This shit is annoying. It really is. It's just, it's just annoying. It's like, I don't want to be around you. I don't need to be around you, you know? And, and I, I hate to say that, you know, but like, I, I know people like that. I love, I'll be honest with you. I, I hate to say this even more. I love people like that. I have people in my life that I love that like when they're drunk, it's just, I know what it's going to be. I know what it's going to be. And here, and, you know, and, and here's how I'll tell you guys, and I'm sure you guys know this, but if you don't, or maybe if you're like, I can't pinpoint it, well, this is what it is. You want to know what an alcoholic is? An alcoholic is somebody that when they drink alcohol, their personality changes. It's one of the biggest characteristics of it. It's one of the biggest red flags of it, okay? So me, I'll tell you, when I get hammered, people know, my wife knows. My wife sees it in my eyes. My wife is like, dude, you're fucked up, but you know what I do? I just want the party to keep going. I start turning into like an insane host. I'm like, who needs anything else? You need something? Come on, get him, get him a drink. Do you want something to eat? You know, hope you're having a good time. I love you. I get very like affectionate. I love you. Thanks for being here. It means the world to me. That's just my, I guess my happiness and, and me being like, you know, gracious that somebody, you know, whatever. I'm just, that, that comes out a lot more. Okay. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about people that get extra happy. I'm talking about when you know somebody and you love somebody, and you know their personality, and then they drink, and all of a sudden, arguing, fighting, turning things that don't need to be bad, bad, starting to like get really upset about something that doesn't make sense, starting to self-sabotage, and the personality changes, that's a fucking problem, and that person needs to be sat down, and just look him in the face, and be like, look dude, I don't like the way you drink, and I don't like being around you when you drink, so if you want to do that, I'm not telling you how to live your life, but stay the fuck away from me, and people that I care about, because I don't like it, you know, that's the thing, and it's like, oh no, what are you judging me now, yeah, I am judging you now, you want to know why, because it's happened too many times, and you're acting like a fucking asshole, and you're ruining my time, and now I'm walking around on eggshells, when I just want to fucking relax, that's why, I don't know why this podcast got angry, um, but you know what I mean. So you know that that's that's kind of what I wanted to. That's kind of what I wanted to say. You know, I kind of went away from that, and I see it happening. And when it happens to somebody older, it annoys me. And that's part that's partly unfair, because it is unfair. I'm not saying that uh, it's not unfair for me to think that way, because. Just because I went through that at a very young age when I think you're supposed to doesn't mean that somebody that's doing it. But but when they know and they're old enough, I think it's, you know, I listen, if you're 16, 17 and somebody gives you a beer and you get buzzed, you think it's awesome. You don't really know better. When you're in your fucking 30s or 40s and 50s and you have a job and you got shit, you know that you just turn into an asshole. That's why like when people say like, oh man, I've been sober eight years today. I fucking love those people because those people like did it and then like, you know, so many people, oh, they're not fun. Don't ever do that to somebody either. Don't ever do that to somebody that says they're sober and be like, oh, they're not fun. They'd be fun. Like that's a bullshit, shitty thing and you're trying to bring your drinking on to them. No, they figured it out. One of the greatest things Dean Del Rey ever said because he's been sober for years and he goes, he goes, that's kid shit, man. That's just kid shit. And he's right. He goes, that's, I don't need that shit. Like I got somewhere to be. I got something to do. I don't need that. You know? And I'm not talking about responsible drinking, dude. If you're drinking, like, I'll go out. I'll have an old-fashioned tonight. I probably will have an old-fashioned tonight. I'm going to dinner. Or I'll probably have a drink tonight. But then I'm going to stop, and, and that's fine. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about these people that are always, you're always on alert. You know your friend that you got to call your other friends about? And you're like, yeah, dude, we're going. 
yeah, dude, Mike's going to be there. Listen, dude, there's going to be drinking and like, I don't want to deal with his shit to him. Like those people, those, those are the people that suck. And I wish that those people would stop making excuses or at least try to help themselves. And if they are trying, then I'm not talking about those people. You know who I'm talking about. That's what I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, food. The only thing I wanted to say about food is, uh, the older I'm getting, it's amazing. Like how I'm just trying out all these new foods and I'm like, it's so funny. The older you get, you just want to be in a nice restaurant. Now I know why like all of the things like restaurants, diners, just sitting there getting old. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I said it before and I'll say it again. Embrace the sweatpants and new balance and jello. That'll be you in a home playing cards. Like when you're fucking 80, I'm telling you, like I, it's like a club. I mean, or I'll be hanging with my family doing that shit, but um, I, I just love eating, talking about the food I ate, where to eat. It's fun to me. It, it really is fun to me. Um, arguing what's the best sushi, what's the best steak. You know, it's it, like, like we will argue that like we argue sports now. It's the best, you know, well, the best piece of meat I had was in Vegas and we do it and it's just awesome. Um, I'm clearly talking about an incident, by the way, when it comes to the drinking thing, just to go back to that. I'm clearly talking about recent incidents that are just bothering me. So, uh, I didn't mean to take that out on, <laughs> I didn't mean to take that out, but I made it a point where I'm like, you know what? I want to talk about on the show, these fucking people who like continuously do the same thing and then just use the excuse that they can't stop or they can't get help. Oh, really? How about the guy that did get help and wanted to stop and realize and people that loved him sat him down and he goes, oh, you know what? You're right. Those are the fucking, you know, that's what I'm talking about. Um, the New York Yankees are doing good. They're winning. They've only lost one game since that debacle against the Red Sox. And now I think they've won like what? Five out of their last six. But guess what? Boston doesn't lose. So the Yankees are looking at the wild card. We'll see what happens with that. So nothing has really changed with uh, that. Uh, the Giants, like I said, Barkley has a little strain. His first run was amazing. 39, almost a 40-yard run from scrimmage. He stopped, went back, cut there, then came to the outside. It looked like, I'm not going to say Barry Sanders, but it looked like a Barry Sanders type of run. And it looks like the Giants are going to be in really good shape this year. I'm excited about that. Um, what else? What else? Saw this movie... I don't know. Did I talk about? I don't know if I talked about. I saw a bunch of them on Netflix. All right, hold on. I have to find this. But I saw one. Um, I, I did. I talk about the ritual. The ritual was about a bunch of hikers. They went hiking in Sweden because one of their friend that got murdered wanted to do it, but then he got murdered. And they all go hiking, and 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 stuff happens in this. Um, stuff happens in the woods. And it's really. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of creepy and nuts what happens, and it's uh, kind of like horror. It's, it's like a B, it's like a B horror movie that Netflix has. Hey, babe, hey. Mrs. Verzi just walked in the door. I'm only two minutes away from being done. Uh, she just said good because I'm hungry, so that means I'm, the, that means that the movie uh, review version of this podcast is going to be a little quicker because when Mrs. Verzi is hungry, that's one thing my wife is like. My wife and brother turn into different people when they're hungry. You know the way we were talking about alcoholics and how they – that, that's when my wife – yeah. Like you know the way an alcoholic wants to argue when they're, when they're drunk? When my wife's hungry. It's just like, why are you doing this? What are you – she just turns into that. Um, but no, this movie was – I'm searching it right now. I'm sorry. I should have had this up. Um, is, it a, is it a horror? All right. So here are the ones that I see. Carnage Park I saw. I saw The Ritual. Yeah, The Ritual, 2000 and uh, – 17. I told you about the other ones that I saw. Um, but I keep watching that. I'm going to watch a, what is it, a dark place or something like that? Uh, I want to watch that one too. Um, what else? What else? What else? No. So just these, like, I'm on this B horror movie kick and I want to see this movie, The Meg. And at first I was like, well, this is so dumb. It's a bigger Jaws. But then my son was like, no, the Megalodon, it was 4 million years ago and it was like the size of a whale and it was a killing machine. And then I'm like, why wouldn't I sit in a movie theater with some popcorn and some candy and a drink and enjoy a gigantic 
whale shark just fucking people up with Jason Statham's British accent in it. Why wouldn't I enjoy that with some gummy bears? So I'm in. I'm in. That's 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 what I'm doing this summer. Um, as far as plugs, guys, uh, if you missed me at Yonkers Comedy Club and you missed me at Gotham Comedy Club, this Saturday night I will be back at Rockwell's in Pelham. Uh, always a great time. Great burger restaurant, and then the comedy room is in the back, and it's just an awesome venue. I will be there before going on my vacation, which I am so looking forward to. I will be in Las Vegas um, after my vacation. I believe it is. I'll be in Vegas from like the last Thursday to Saturday from like August 28th to September 1st, I believe. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, I believe it's like the 28th of August to September 1st at the Rio, the Comedy Cellar at the Rio. I'll be there. But this this Saturday, uh, I will be uh, – actually, this Thursday, I'll be at New York Comedy Club. And I will be uh, – Saturday, I will be at uh, Rockwell's in Pelham. So check that out for more dates and more updates. Um, you can check out uh, paulversey.com. Please go to Capper Network. Dot com make your predictions on that amazing uh, sports website where you could predict your uh, you know and have a, a legit uh, leaderboard of your shit talking also all things comedy guys check that out um, and yeah the announcement uh, for the special should be coming pretty soon after Labor Day I believe so um, and thank you guys again everybody who came out to Gotham Comedy Club uh, this past weekend it was amazing I had a great time. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Until the next episode, I am out of here. I will talk to you guys soon.